and welcome to Questions of Life. I'm Kath, I'm here with Donald. Hello. And today we are discussing the topic, is it ever okay to get angry? Enjoy the show. Now, Donald, we are talking about anger. I think one of the things that I've reflected on, and a lot of research has been done on this, people are saying that over the last probably five to ten years, our levels of anger... Uh, and irritability have increased as the pace of life has increased as we've not got our work-life balance sorted out you know we used to live and we probably still do for some people we used to live in an environment that was incredibly fast-paced you were here you were there you were doing this you were doing that you had to fill your time with so many different things and when you're so busy and so rushed I think that affects our anger our frustration and all of those things so people think that we were expressing it and displaying it more probably in the last five to ten years. So I think if you look at maybe the internet, you see quite a lot of that, that people aren't very tolerant of each other. Somebody will make a comment, then bang, someone's in there, I'm offended, I'm angry, I'm going to say this, I'm going to use that gesture. If you look at something as simple as driving and on the roads, road rage is uh, on the increase. Now I have to hold my hands up and say I am a terrible driver. Uh, if you've ever done an alpha session with me on this, you'll know that I get road rage. So if anybody in the car in front of me or behind <laughs> really? me acts in a way that I think they shouldn't be doing, I will bib or I'll rev my engine or I'll tailgate. I am terrible, even with learners. My thing with learners, <laughs> learners annoy me the most. And, and this is confession time. I'm sorry, everybody. Learners really annoy me. Because when I learned to drive, my driving instructor said, I want you to drive right up to the speed limit. I don't want you to go slowly. This is my first lesson. You know, if the speed limit's 30, you go 30. I see people, you know, going really, really, <laughs> it annoys me. And so I'm trying to push them on. I'm trying to encourage them. That's how I see it. But I recognise that I have a problem. And uh, my friend Julia, who sometimes has to go in the car with me, she thinks it's been a successful drive if I haven't used my horn. I might have, like, you know thought about it I'm terrible really I, on the way here tonight I was terrible just get wound up I'm like why can't people drive as well as I can you know I've reversed into the church gates I've done 101 things but it's one of those things it is my thing I get angry but I can recognize it and it's interesting I think as people that sometimes we get angry and we recognize it and some people get angry and they don't recognize it I don't get angry you know I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly perfectly calm now, the experts are in disagreement as to how often we get angry each day. So there's one pool of thought that says we get angry uh, on average once a day, and then we get a little bit peeved maybe three or four times a day. But then there's another group, the anger management experts. They reckon we get angry about 15 times a day. So we get frustrated as a human race. We've got this emotion, anger. Is it okay to get angry? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think like a lot of things, it's an attribute that God has given us yep. that has a good use, but often, in the, perhaps more often than not, it's got corrupted and it's got damaged and is unhelpful. Um, I, was just, I mean, I, get, I do get irritated when I'm driving, but I was just thinking about this. I, I got a new car, what was it, about 18 months ago? I actually don't know where the horn is. What? Yeah, and two or three times, I do get frustrated. I do think I need to let the person know I'm coming, and I thump the steering wheel and nothing happens because I don't <laughs> actually know where the, the horn is. That's my first thing. What does the horn sound like? It's important to me. 
Wow. Has it got like a bit of clout or is it like toot toot, some little girly horn? Needs to be, you know, Arr. I've got issues. <laughs> I've got real issues. Well, we'll just close the live stream now. We're going <laughs> Pray for me. Tell me about your childhood. No, so I think, I think fundamentally that uh, when anger is an expression of love mm -hmm. and of protection mm -hmm. and of justice, mm -hmm. then it's mirroring God. Mm -hmm. So I think when God sees, say, the abuse of a person, when he sees injustice, violence, oppression, when he sees murder or violence, death, when he sees rape or, or things like that, because he loves those who are being hurt, mm -hmm. there is an, a, a right emotional response of that is wrong. Mm -hmm. It should not happen. Mm -hmm. And so you see that in, in Jesus. You see him saying this is wrong and shouldn't happen. Um, but for most of us, we're not angry as an expression of love. We get angry as an expression of another, a load of other emotions, such as impatience, such as uh, self-importance. Mm. There's a great quote. It's, it's attributed to Aristotle, and I don't know whether it really is Aristotle. It could just be made up that it was Aristotle, and I can't remember exactly, but it, it's roughly this that the secret of anger is to ensure that you're angry at the, the right thing in the right way at the right time to the right people for the right length of time. It's mm -hmm. something like that. If you Google Aristotle and anger, you get something like that. Mm -hmm. And I find those five things are really helpful and challenging to reflect on. Am I angry at the right thing? And perhaps we'll explore that. Am I expressing that anger in the right way? Am I expressing that anger uh, at the right person? Mm -hmm. Am I expressing it for the right length of time? And am I expressing it at an appropriate time? So I think that kind of helps. Mm -hmm. And when I apply that test to myself, 95% mm. of my anger is inappropriate and unhelpful. And there's probably a few things that I ought to be more angry about. Um, so the Bible does kind of say both things. There's quite a lot in the Bible about controlling our anger, about not being angry, about particularly uh, it talks about rage and damaging words and you controlling our language. So there's a lot in the Bible about mm -hmm. self-control and anger has to be controlled. It's like all the drives, mm -hmm. like hunger, uh, like um, on our self-defense, it's, it's like all of these human drives, sexual drives, they all need to be controlled. And so anger really needs to be controlled. And I think for most of the time, many of us are angry at the wrong things and in the wrong way. Okay, so let's start at the beginning of those five, because I think that's really, really helpful. The right things to be angry about. You know, we've talked about God and some of the things that he's angry about. And obviously that gives us some kind of framework, but let's ground it into our everyday lives. What would you say are some of the things that it is okay to be angry with? And so we think, should be. Yeah, so I think if we look at Jesus as a model, so when he is on the cross and they are ridiculing him and they are humiliating him, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. 
when he enters the temple and he discovers that people are being forced to have to spend money in order to meet with God. I mean, it's a bit more complicated than that, and there's a whole thing I do on John on our website around that story in our studies of John. You can find that. But when he sees that the poor and those who are spiritually searching for God are pushed away because of money, Mm -hmm. he gets angry. So that, to me, gives us a clue that I think Jesus teaches us to not put our own ego and our own importance ahead of others, but to be people of mercy and grace. Mm -hmm. And so most of the time, when we are angry because of the way we've been treated, I think we've got to work at that and try to deal with that. Now, that isn't to say that we allow ourselves to be hurt and damaged. It may mean that we need to remove ourselves from places that are dangerous. That's absolutely right. But there's a difference between removing ourselves from a place of danger and being angry. So in the main, I think we need to say, am I angry because I feel something about myself? And that tends to be unhelpful. On the other hand, if anger is something that motivates me to protect or intervene on behalf of somebody else, then it's very, very important. So it it becomes a motive to change a situation for somebody else. And that's where it's right. And that's where we see Jesus getting angry. So we should be angry that there are people starving in the world. We should be angry that there is violence and injustice. We should be angry that some people are being misled by deliberate lying. Uh, And those are things that that, that should make us angry. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a right and a wrong way to express that anger. So just because, as we said in the quote, just because you're angry at the right thing doesn't necessarily mean we express it in the right way. But I think it's about looking at Am I angry on behalf of somebody or am I angry as a form of self-preservation, self-defense? And in that area, I think self-defense and self-preservation is important, but it, it's probably not right to express it in anger, if that makes sense. Yes, I'm going to be slightly controversial mm. and say that I kind of agree with you but disagree with you. So say somebody has been beaten up by somebody else or in an abusive relationship. Um, I actually think there's something healthy in in the right way, expressing anger in recognising your own worth. Because I think for so many people in that situation, they have been um, mistreated and feel valueless. And there is something powerful in expressing it in the right way and saying, actually, that was not right I shouldn't have been treated in that way um, and expressing it. Maybe anger's the wrong word, but do you know what I mean? It, there's, yeah, there's well, a... I, I think when we talked about forgiveness, and, and again, in one of my questions of life, says we talked about that you can't forgive something that you excuse. Yes. So I think it's really important for us to recognise that something is wrong. And yes. when we are being treated in a way that is unjust, it's really important for us to... It recognise that and mm-hmm. allow ourselves to say, I shouldn't be treated in this way. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... I mean, it does depend on what 
I suppose, how we express anger. Mm. But I think in the main, anger isn't the best m feeling in that place. Mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to remove ourselves. We need to have strategies to stop that behaviour going on. Mm -hmm. We need to have strategies to, to be in a different place. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes anger... Uh, confuses us and makes mm. us do unhelpful responses. But maybe that's to do with how we express anger. Mm. Cool, cool, cool. So that is the, the what we should be angry at. So your next thing is the In time. the right way. The, oh, I would say... You say the right way, so you've got to say, is it right so, to be angry? Yeah, so I don't think anger should uh, hurt another person. And so if I use words that are hurtful mm -hmm. or if I use force that is hurtful, I mm -hmm. think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and this is, I think, even harder than, than working out what to be angry about mm -hmm. is to work out how to express that anger in the right way. I think there's a practical level to, the, to this, is that if we use hurt on another person, we tend to perpetuate the problem mm -hmm. because they want to hurt us back yep. and, it, and it causes all sorts of retaliation. Yep. So I think using uh, words that cut a person, that humiliate a person, that insult a person, mm -hmm. I think that that's... Un I, I think the New Testament is pretty clear in my view. I mean, Jesus does not do that in his anger. I don't think we should use those, those kind of words. And I don't think we should hurt a person physically. I don't think violence is justified. I think that force may be needed to restrain. Force may be needed to intervene. Uh, but I don't think we go out of our way to hurt another person. Uh, and so I, uh, I believe that essentially non-violence transforms a situation, whereas violence escalates it. And um, I think there is, in the, in the Bible, there is a difference between those who are protecting us on behalf of the state. Obviously, soldiers or police have a different God-given responsibility. But talking about us as individuals, mm. I don't think force or violence is ever right. I think there may be time to restrain or prevent, which may be physical. But I don't think we should hurt a person. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's working out, has our, does our anger hurt or change? See, I think anger should transform a situation. It should lead to an improvement. So if I'm angry about, uh, let's say I'm angry about... <laughs> what I'm often angry about at the moment, I'm angry about things that are untrue, that are being propagated in, in, in news or in, in the world. I need to express that anger in a way that changes it rather than continues the division and gives other people further incentive to disagree with me. So mm -hmm. I think that we... So one of the things Jesus says is to be peacemakers. We're to bring people together. So our anger needs to be an incentive and a motivation to change a situation to make it better, not to hurt, damage, and pull people further apart. 
Um, and I think often where I'm unhappy with my own anger, it's because I think my anger has caused that person to be further from me rather than closer mm. from me. And if they are further from me, they're more likely to continue that which has made me angry. Mm. Uh, and I want to transform them. And I, and I fundamentally think, think that, that grace and mercy transforms people, not, not aggression. So I need my anger to motivate me to be gracious rather than to motivate me to want to hurt a person. But that's not always a natural inclination that no. we have as a human race, is it? No. Often we've been hurt, we're offended, you know, we're like, our pride has been yeah. hurt. What's our first thing? Say something, do something. Yeah. Uh, and so that'll come on to your third thing, won't it, about timing. Mm. Be because <laughs> that's really quite key. Often we react in the heat of emotion, yeah. in the heat of a moment. We want to get back in. They've said that to us, they've done this. We yes. want to get straight back in there and put our point and defend ourselves and this is wrong. You're going to tell me that's not the right thing to do. Mm. I think that if we're going to allow anger to motivate us to change the situation for the better, it is very often best thought about. And so counting to 10, walking away, sleeping on it are all helpful things. Uh, we think we talked about this before somewhere. I've, you know, I, I might write an email at midnight, but I certainly don't send it till the morning. I sleep on it and I think about it and I rewrite word it and I reshape it. Um, I think obviously when you know you see somebody being attacked and your anger and compassion leads you to leap in and protect them physically, absolutely. There's no point counting to ten while they're being beaten up. But most of our anger isn't that in immediate most of our anger is somebody said something it's to step back and think about how I can respond to that is probably going to be helpful um, and sometimes and I think sometimes the phrase at the right time sometimes also is that sometimes there comes a point where we need to let it go and actually to cart back and to bring it back up is really unhelpful. And I think one of the things that really damages relationships is when we bring into the current dispute <laughs> the previous disputes mm. and we say, and mm. you did this, or we say, you always did this, or mm. we just drop some sort of bomb that reminds somebody of what else they've done wrong. So there's, I think there's two elements to that right time. One is to say, okay, I'm going to pause, I'm going to reflect, how am I going to say this? What am I going to do about it? Yeah. And I'm going to think this through and, and choose the response that's going to change the situation. But there's also saying, there's sometimes a point of saying, the moment has gone and it, it, it's not going to help to bring it back. It's not always easy choosing to do the right thing, is it? I, I remember you telling me years ago about the thing that you, if you get an email that, you need to reply to and you need to just make sure you're replying to it in the, in the right way that you write it and then you come back to it. So I try and do that. And my first attempt and then the one that I actually send are very, very different. Yeah. But there's something quite cathartic, it, it, as long as you don't send it, yeah. expressing yeah. how you feel. Yeah. So I quite often type it and then obviously I mend it. Yep. Um, but that's, that's quite helpful for me because yeah. there's, there's a cooling off period and there's a sense of, okay, I can't say that. 
what is going to get the best result yes. in this situation? Yes. What is going to bring reconciliation? What is going to help them? Sometimes it's in me thinking, actually, I'm going to be the bigger person. Mm. I'm not going to be the one that proves the point that I'm right, but I'm going to do all that I can to make sure that they're okay and going forward, we're okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not always what I want to do, yeah. but I, I, I try and do that. So it's not always easy not immediately ex expressing our anger and finding the right ways to do it. Mm. Uh, and I think connected to that, one of the things that I found helpful is that uh, I have a tendency to want to have the last word. Oh, I'd like to know that. Great. And um, that tends to be unhelpful in a conflict situation because the other person will want to have the last word. <laughs> and so we'll just keep going. Mm. And I will, they'll say something and I'll go, yeah, and anything. And I think, right, we finished it now because I've said my piece. Yep. But they will go with the same. And that escalates, escalates, escalates. So one of the things that I think is helpful is f that I choose to have the last word silently in my head unsaid. Gosh. Uh, and maybe on occasions that is an email that I know I'm not going to send. Gosh. But I've expressed it to myself. Mm-hmm. And I've chosen not to say it. And I think one of the really powerful and difficult concepts that Jesus talks about is turning the other cheek. You know, what does it mean when he says, you know, let them take your coat. Mm. Let, you know, if they hit you on one side, turn the other cheek. And a small and insignificant way for me to live that out is to choose not to have the last word. Uh, is to choose not to say anything. Now, there are times when I, that annoys people because I won't speak. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a way of me saying I want to bring peace and my peace isn't about me winning the argument. And I don't have to have the last word. I can let it go. How often should we turn the other cheek you know how do you work out this balancing act of okay so something's been said or done uh how do i know whether to respond to that to at uh, the right point say something or whether just to let that go and say that's not important and 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 move on i, I think i think there are two questions that i ask myself in in those situations and i i, I think that the danger of all this is that i sound like i'm good with anger and i think that i probably have a persona that I'm not, I don't get very angry. I think that those close to me would know that's not necessarily <laughs> true, that I can get very angry. I certainly can get very irritable. And, and I think you would probably recognise the signs when I'm getting irritable. I don't blow up, I know. But there is an element of talking about that I sound more saintly than I am. So let's be clear, I get angry. Um, I think there are two... Um, what was the question again? Just go back. How do we know when it's right to raise something and how we know when it's right yeah. not to, just to turn the other cheek? Yeah, so the two things I would ask myself is, firstly, have I, am I a gatekeeper for somebody else? Am I here to protect somebody else? And there are two functions that I think where I consider myself to being responsible protecting people. One is as the leader of this church. So there are times when I will not turn the other cheek. I will stand against things that I think, if I let that go, mm -hmm. 
okay, it looks like it's about me, but it isn't. It's going to turn around and bite other people in the church if I don't deal with it. And I, perhaps, if I were turning the other cheek, it'd be more in cowardice, and I need to resist something that is, makes other members of the church vulnerable, and equally for family. So if, if I'm here to, I'm, you know, it's my responsibility to protect those that God is has given into my family life. I don't, you know, we're all, if we're part of a family, we protect each other. So I wouldn't let something go where I think if I let this go, other people are going to be at risk. Mm -hmm. But if it's just my ego, if it's just I'm going to be slightly humiliated or I'm just going to be inconvenienced, then I would let it go. So that's the first area. In turning the other cheek is to say, am I here to protect somebody else? Because if I am, I need to do that. Mm -hmm. The second thing with turning the other cheek is uh, I would want to say is that if that which is harming me is robbing me of my ability to serve Jesus, then I need to get out of it. I don't mean that I need to retaliate. So if you look at the way the New Testament deals with persecution, uh, so you look at something like the book of Peter, uh, other areas of the New Testament, where they were very used to being persecuted and the Christians were being killed. You see that they, the New Testament does not encourage retaliation. Mm. It does not encourage retaliation, but it does encourage leaving. Mm-hmm. So the early church was scattered all over the, uh, all over the world because of persecution, and that was part of the the, uh, the way God encouraged people to do it. So I think turning the other cheek does need to be balanced with running away. Yeah. And I think it, it, the, uh, so. For me, it's I'm not going to punch somebody back, but I might need to remove myself from them doing that again. Okay, we've got a few comments and a uh, question. And now the comments are at me. Uh, So Richard Coulter, a cautionary tale for Kath. A friend of mine is a dentist and he was out in his car one lunchtime when he experienced a tirade of foul abuse from an angry driver. Sorry, it's not funny. When he was back in his surgery half an hour later, his next patient was shown in. And guess what? It was that driver. My friend said he had never seen someone go so pale. And probably then got his drill out and made it really painful. I, I certainly have pushed out in front of members of the church <laughs> without giving way, not realising. <laughs> so, like, quite often, I quite often drive down a road near to our house, which has often got two lanes of parked cars, and it's like a loft, you know, you've got to wait. From, and, I, and, I, and I do enjoy a little game of chicken as to who's going <laughs> to give way first. And I don't want to call it rage, but I've certainly done that. And then people in church come and said, you didn't let me out. <laughs> I've never, well, I nearly ran someone over from our church. That's another story, but I've never had that experience. Okay, Dave Coles. Good evening, Dave. Uh, can Kath regularly post when she is driving so we can all avoid the area? <laughs> Which is fair enough. Right, I have a question. This is from Steve Evans. Do keep your questions and coming in. It makes life really interesting. Excellent. Okay. Uh, Steve says, good evening. Now then, Donald, he's got a little scenario for you. Last game of the season, Cambridge need to win for promotion. Cheltenham 
Are they in your league? Yeah, they're, they're, they're neck and neck with us at the moment. Oh, good, good knowledge, Steve. Mm. Are you still top of the league? We're second. Uh, we're second or third, and Cheltenham are second or third. Newport are top. Okay. So you need to win for promotion. Cheltenham awarded a dodgy penalty and injury time and score it. Yep. How angry would you be, and should you be angry in this situation? Yes, I get very angry. There's no, I have to confess, football, I get very emotionally involved in football, and I do get very, very angry. Um, so if you were at a football match... Yes. Do, do you, I mean, I know obviously you'll sing along and cheer and stuff. No. Um, do you shout? No. Do you just, uh, you just like, stand there, like, silently? Oh, good. OK, no, maybe I do. I'm looking for Joel. I do, Joel's nodding his head. I do shout. OK, yes, I do. I, do. I don't swear. I promise you I don't <laughs> swear. I promise you I don't swear. But I do, I do, for goodness sake, or, or ref, yes. Not, uh, not at Cambridge. Not when I'm watching amateur football. Right. Uh, so so I, my son plays amateur football. And I am completely silent because that would be wrong like, for him. Caleb, that was rubbish. Come no, on. No, 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 no. Don't do anything like that. I never, I never. I do get frustrated though, and angry, and uh, I do. It's all internalised, and it's very unhealthy. So that's when you watch Caleb, and and you watch both. So with Cambridge as well. And England, that's the worst. So you don't. It really... took me years to recover from us losing. <laughs> So, I'm of, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm of, I'm, I, uh, confessions, I, I, I have struggled. I have not got over Maradona handling the ball. <gasps> I've struggled this last fortnight. Yeah. I've not got over it. Yeah. It's cheap. Anyway, well, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, the point, the, the, yeah, uh, I, that is a weakness of mine. That is a real weakness of mine. And, um, I, I get wrong, angry at the wrong... I do get angry at the wrong things at football. I do. I'm sorry. I confess. Uh, I most... I don't think I express it yet normally in the wrong way. That's good. Um, but it seethes inside of me, like that handball. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... Uh, yeah, that's... It's not good. It's not good. So what do you do with it? So you, you, it's inside of you... See, I know of somebody who um, was on the mission field and experienced a lot of really difficult things on the mission field. Lots of frustrations that, that they internalised. They didn't express their anger and their frustration. And when they came back, I know they went for a walk with someone into the hills and this person just encouraged them to just scream yeah. and let it out. And they found that really cathartic and really helpful. There, there, there has to be some kind of outlet what, what's your outlet? So not horn, obviously. So I do, I do go for the shouting. Okay. Uh, in the car, but that's not to do with football. That's more to do with church. <laughs> <laughs> so you leave here on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I can shout. Anger at myself and anger at things that are sad. Um, I might. So if I, yeah, I've had a call that somebody's very ill, or I might shout. We talked about it before, expressing ourselves to God. I was going to say, is it... I mean, not all of it, but it sounds like a lot of it is an expression yeah, to God. Yeah, expressing it to God, yes, yeah. yes. Just, I think the football yeah. thing is... It, the, I think part of this issue is with football, I think sometimes other angers from life are coming into why I get angry at, foot, at watching football. And 
that's one of the, the things is to be angry at the right thing. Yes. And, and I think where you come home and you take anger out on your family because they've had a bad day at work, that's incredibly damaging and unhelpful. Mm. Uh, I think that there can be a time when it's, it's quite helpful to take anger out on something else. Yes. So there's a part of me that feels that the anger I feel at times at football, because I don't shout abuse at a player um, out that they would hear. <laughs> In my living room, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think they're hurt by what yeah. I feel. And sometimes it is a way of, I don't know if I'm defending myself. Now we're going to have all the emails. It's my honking the horn. For the, it's my, yeah. yeah, I do get angry at football. Yeah. And there are times when I think that's probably not very healthy. Interesting what you've just said. The, the fact that sometimes what we get angry about isn't just that in isolation. Mm. I think we can build it up and so we can completely overreact. It's something that might be frustration, frustrating and it mm. just all comes out. Yeah. And again, it's just this importance of yeah. not dwelling on it, not leaving it, but actually beginning to, to deal with it. Mm. So like you'll, you'll shout to God in the car and stuff. Other people I know do sports. They might do some boxing, uh, rugby. I know a lot of uh, people got into rugby because they just needed some way to express yeah. just all that was going on. Yeah. And I think they're really healthy yeah. and, and, and good ways. Any other tips for expressing Well, I find it? rock music. Oh. I, found, I find rock music very helpful. How? Do you like to sing really loudly to yeah. it? Yeah. In the car? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And I play, I, you know, some and in your office. stonking guitar riff with incredible bass just releases stuff oh, for okay. me. Oh, OK, that's really interesting. So you must be mad quite a lot because you play a lot of that music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joking, joking. Any other tips for people? I think expressing anger yep. in terms of talking it out yep. with, a, with a person, not being angry with them, but maybe saying to somebody else, look, I'm really struggling because I feel angry about this. And, and, and it's just, again, there's, you know, the, the value of, of, of talking to people mm. and not bottling it up, mm. but, 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 but um, having someone who walks that journey with us. Not necessarily the person that made us angry. No, 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 definitely not the person that's made us angry. So we're not expressing the anger. We're not taking our anger out at them, but we're maybe processing it and rationalising it and thinking through. This is, I think, really helpful, particularly when we're not sure why we're angry yeah. and therefore we're not confident that we're angry for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So I think talking it through with somebody or talking about that. And I think very often anger comes far quicker than our self-realisation as to why we're angry. Yeah. So I think it's really helpful to think back and think, okay, well, why did, why was what they said, mm. why did it push that button in that me? That trigger, yeah. And what was the trigger? And sometimes talking that through with other people can be really helpful. And it's not helpful once you've talked it through and worked it through to then go and talk to the person. I had someone that came and talked to me once 
which is hilarious. And they said, do you know what? I was really angry and frustrated with you, but I took it to the Lord and I worked it out. And it's all okay now. <laughs> and you just think, great, but it would have been nice to know what I did, if I did something, how could I put that right? Mm. I don't know, I might be driving behind you. Who knows what it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not helpful in that situation to go and say that to somebody. Yeah. Because yeah. I've got no clue. It could be a hundred things that I've done. It could be a hundred people that I've done it to. I, I know that I must yes. offend and upset people. You talked about being the adult in a situation, and I find that a very helpful. It's a psychological metaphor. It's a, it's a way people talk about in counselling. But I think if your bottom line is, how can I make this situation better? What can I do to make it better? Then there are times when that means saying nothing. That means there are times when it is turning the other cheek and saying, yeah. I'm going to think it inside, but I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to express yeah. it. Uh, and for me, um, I always have loved the phrase, and I used to use it all the time in our family life. <laughs> Do you want to be part of the problem or the solution? And for me, it's always about being part of the solution. And if you're going to be part of the solution, it's thinking, okay, how do I channel my anger to make this better? And more often than not, that's not about expressing hurt. I love that. What can I do to make this better? Being at the, the forefront of your mind. I mean, sometimes we can't. Mm. Sometimes there are people that do things and say things that we have to just back away from and, and not allow to damage us. Mm. But that's not true for most situations in mm. life. And if we're looking at how we can reflect Jesus and live like him and live in community with other people, live in families and households, it is, isn't it? What can I do to make this better? Mm. Rather than what can I do to get my revenge? Mm. What can I do to hurt you back? Mm. What can I do to lash out? But that's a, that's a thought process that requires you to be aware and acquires, it requires God to help you with, surely. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's a journey. We talk it about is. journey and processes and stuff. It's not, a, okay, tomorrow I've got it in my head now, I'm going to be able to do that. It's step by step. Surely. And all of us have different we're on different spectrums temperamentally. Some yeah. of us are more prone. I think we all get angry, but some of us are more prone to expressing that in mm -hmm. unhelpful ways. Mm -hmm. uh, that it's just our life experience is often what we've been modelled. If, if we've come from a, a, a childhood of expressed anger, then that's more likely to be the way we express anger. So it is a process and it's constantly saying to God, Lord, will you help me? Will you enable me to be patient? Uh, will you enable me to be self-controlled? These are two major elements of the fruit of the Spirit. Absolutely. I think one of the other things I just throw in at this point, because I was having this discussion with some folks last week, is that there is a difference between being a child and an adult, and that uh, it may be that the child in the playground, if they're thumped, and they're four, five, six, seven years old, it may be that it's appropriate <laughs> to, to, to use some form of don't bully me in that mm. shape or form. Mm. But in adult life, it isn't. And I think sometimes we justify violence by referring to the playground bully. But I think the way children operate mm. is different to the way, the way we operate as adults. Mm. So it may not be appropriate for every child to turn the other cheek. But I don't think Jesus was talking to children. Mm. I think he was talking to grown-ups. Mm. And as a grown-up, I don't think violence is, how, is ever appropriate. Okay, we've got another message in here. When someone really close to us has been angry with us and we have to let it go to keep the peace, 
but we feel it was not justified, then it's hard to let go and forgive and forget. Mm. It is. It is. And that's, I think there, there are many situations where it, it's a miracle and we mm. say to God, I can't do this. I can't handle this hurt. And that's where I think knowing that Jesus has been through this, that he understands this, that, you know, Hebrews talks about him having been tempted in every way and, and the temptation for him when the people he'd created and loved, when Judas betrayed him and all of that and the hurt that he feels. So I think it is saying to God, I can't do this. I can't handle this. Lord, will you give me grace for the next hour? Mm. Will you give me grace for the next day? Mm. And, and we can't do it in our own strength when it's that severe. So let's talk about someone that wants to do the right thing, but is messed up. You know, we talk about this a lot. Let's just reiterate some of those wonderful truths about grace and mercy and, and starting again, because none of us are perfect. I'll drive home tonight. Dave Coles will be out in his car and will cut me up and I'll be bibbing my horn. And, you know, just... And I'll go home and watch the football tonight because Cambridge is playing right now. Yeah. Don't tell me to score anybody. What for the prank, playing Forest as well tonight. And we're playing Mansfield and I do have a thing about Mansfield. I'm going to ask one of your family to report back to us on your behaviour whilst watching it. <laughs> but, you know, we all, we all stuff up. And just that feeling that you get of, oh, I've done it. And you just feel awful. You just feel like the worst person in the world. You just want to bury your head. Or, or you're just like, oh, what do we say when we, we stuff it all up? I think it's really important to understand the love of God is of grace. Jesus dies. Why, why is he having to say, Father, forgive them? Because he is dying in our place because of our mm -hmm. sin. He knows what we do wrong. So there's no point trying to prove something to him or trying to deny it or pretend it or, or run mm -hmm. away. He wants to change us. And the key to transformation is repentance. Yep. It is absolutely life-changing to be able to say to God, Lord, I'm sorry I got that wrong. I also think there's a practical element to repentance. I also think in the whole area of anger, apologizing to the person is, is life-changing as well. And me, I would say, I'm sorry I said that. Not apologizing when they don't know, <laughs> but when we know yeah. that we shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I think we transform a situation by saying sorry. Mm. And I think we allow God to change us when we own repentance in that way mm. and we say, yeah, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that. And we've seen transformation in people's lives that maybe have been very angry, you know, and expressed it unhelpfully. Maybe, you know, I've known people that have been violent with it and, and have just done things that have been catastrophic and have then experienced the grace and love and the mercy of Jesus changing their lives. Mm. And over time, as they've dealt with the root causes of that, the things that they've been through, the things that they've uh, experienced and have just built up and, and caused that, as they've begun to be released, I've seen people transformed. You know, this whole idea of becoming a new creation. It is possible. The things that, that hold us may not always hold us. They might yeah. always be a weakness that we have to be aware of, but they don't have to have the hold that they yeah. do now. Yeah. That is the victory of Jesus on the cross that with the Holy Spirit in us. And we talked about this with Gordon and Glenis 
I've had so many comments about Gordon and Glennis. People love Gordon and Glennis. <laughs> but, you know, with the Holy Spirit in us, the gifts mm. of the Holy Spirit, mm. you know, with God's power mm. in time, with mm. others walking with us, praying with us, uh, people helping us to work it out, it is possible. Mm. So if mm. there are those that think this is a real issue for me, we'd say talk to somebody, get some help, seek God, seek prayer, don't think it's going to be sorted instantly. Yeah, and I think I would say that, I think two things that may sound contradictory, but I hope they're not, and I hope they're helpful. The first thing is to say, let's not compare ourselves with Mother Teresa, that when God transforms us, he makes us better tomorrow than we were yesterday. But we only know a little bit about Mother Teresa. I just put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes we compare ourselves and we beat ourselves like up because person. we're not perfect. Yeah. And, and I think God wants to work within us and that we allow grace to take time. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing, but I want to say something contradictory to that. I think we also have to say there is a zero tolerance in our life of certain ways of expressing anger. Mm. And we have to say there is no justification for violence in yeah. a relationship. Absolutely. Zero tolerance has to stop. Mm -hmm. And I think there is, it is helpful to kind of know where the red lines are yeah. and to say, I will not do that. Yeah. And, but also to say, and def, I'm also growing in what comes next. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are red lines, there are red, red lines sexually, there are red lines mm -hmm. in other areas of our life. You say, there's a boundary here that I, I will never cross or I will seek never to cross. And I, if I have crossed it, I, I ensure that I never do it again. Yeah. There's a boundary. And then there is a journey towards being more and better and better and better. Yeah. So it's at this one time saying with my anger, I'm not going to give up because I'm not perfect, but I am going to draw some red lines and say this behavior, certain behaviors are unacceptable and, and violence in anger is unacceptable. One of the things that I've seen, uh, in particular with one of these guys, I went to Bible college with him, um, He's been transformed, things like that which you're talking about. He's had to implement and he's had people that he's been accountable in his life. But what has happened is that there's now a tenacity in him for the right things. So there is a, a righteous anger to stand yeah. up for the poor, the oppressed. Yeah. Uh, in, he works in some of the most impoverished areas of Scotland, just standing up for the poor. Uh, and he's like a dog with a bone. And you think that's the grace of God. The grace of God has taken something which was damaging, has redeemed it, and now it's being expressed in the right way mm. and is just a tremendous blessing because of the ministry that he has. Mm. So there's, again, the encouragement of that with God, mm. that actually not everything is ever lost, that God is the God who takes us broken and damaged people and can change us, but there have to be boundaries. There have mm. to be things in place. There has to be a, a point where we say, enough is enough. I need to stop and I need help. Mm. And that may be if that's someone expressing themselves uh, violently, physically, but it also might be for ordinary people like you and me that say, come on, let's just have a think about my life. Mm. Let's have a think about the way that I react. Mm. How have I reacted this past week, this past month? What's going on? I think particularly with coronavirus and everything else, we're all a little bit unsettled. We're all a little bit on edge. And I think that makes us react unhelpfully yeah. as well. Yeah. So we throw that into the mix. So I suspect 
now's quite a good time to be asking the question and to be saying, God, would you just reveal to me what's going on inside? Mm. You know, have I suppressed some stuff? Am I expressing myself unhelpfully? Maybe it's a question to ask someone if we pray with them regularly. Would you pray with me or, or ask someone that knows as well that we trust? How do you think I've been with my reactions? How do you think I do in this area? Now, that's a, a risky question, and to ask it to the right person. Mm. But there's a, there's a strength, isn't there, in being accountable and saying to somebody, would you help me in my journey? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it was very important, as you say, to, to do that. And, I, and I, I know from my own life that I was shocked when I, when I had kids and in those early years when I lost sleep, I was shocked at how angry I could get and it was simply lack of sleep. Mm. And mm. I think we need to recognise and, and deal with some of those things that might be going on. If it's, uh, if it's pressure or stress or lack of sleep or something else that's mm. going on that's making us more angry, just to talk that through and take steps to address that quickly. Mm. Anything else that you want to say on this whole area of anger that we haven't yet covered? No, it's just a reminder. Right, be angry at the right things and yep. channel that in the right way uh, at the right time for the right length of time yep. and to the right people. Perfect. And that's Aristotle's quote if people want it's to It's roughly and, Aristotle's quote. Go and look at that. And you've done a, a session on looking at, uh, in John's Gospel, looking at Jesus when he got angry. Yep. Uh, what, do you remember what that session's called? I think it's called Jesus and anger and anger, yeah, Something, I think anger and Jesus Angus comes is into in the, the title. Yeah, I think so. So it's quite straightforward for people to go yeah, to Yeah, it's John chapter 2 anyway. Okay, so go to our website, go to our YouTube, look yeah. up John's Gospel. That would be really helpful if people want to have something complimentary that works yeah. with this. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you for joining with us. Thanks to Joel for helping us out with the technology. Thank you, Donald. Let's hope that Cambridge and Watford have done well tonight and pray for me as I drive home. But uh, we hope that you have a lovely evening. Bless you and hopefully see you again soon. Take care. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>